0: We um, going to talk about a few things here quickly. It won't take too long. So I have about a seven-minute video I want you to hear. I have a few notes, but they're not notes that I'm going to pass out. It's just a few comments that I wanted to make, because when you believe the Bible and you try to teach the Bible, truth is controversial. And so Jesus Christ was the most controversial person that ever hit planet because everything he taught was controversial. Truth is that. People don't want to argue about it, but truth is still truth. So when you read the Bible, we're supposed to believe it and teach it you know, without fear. And uh, I'll have to admit, I, I'm always concerned about how people are gonna take things. And uh, so I've had to develop in my mind in order to just tell it like it is, as sweetly and nicely as I know how. <laughs> but the goal is never to offend anybody. But you always offend somebody, because not everybody loves you. We had this um, one statement that I made last Wednesday. And they cut out about 90% of what I had to say. The part about, God so loved the world, they cut that. And there's a lot of things that they cut. But they left one part in there that, uh, where I said, this is, a, uh, I think, a disgrace. And that if we want to honor people, then that we can honor people, but we don't have to honor the sin. When the Bible says, thou shalt not steal. Okay, let's say there's a whole group of people that believe in stealing. So because they believe in stealing, they want that to be acceptable. So they want politicians to pass a law that stealing is acceptable now. And they call themselves the stealers. So because they got a, a name that now we're supposed to honor... But if that, what they're doing is wrong, it's still wrong. And uh, we know lying. And so when people lie, you know, we, we know that, that, well, that's wrong. Thou shalt not lie. But people lie. But a group of liars got together, and they call it the Liars Club. So they want you to honor the Liars Club. But if lying is wrong, according to the Bible, it's still wrong. Now, you may love the people, and we do, We want them to have eternal life. We want them to go to heaven. So you still have to tell them the truth. There are people who believe that you have to be good to go to heaven. Well, we love them too much to hurt their feelings. Well, I know. We don't want to offend anybody, but you still have to tell them, look, the way of the cross leads home. You can't go your way. You have to go God's way. Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it's not just whatever anybody wants to believe. It's still, there's truth. You're saved by grace. You're not saved by your works. Well, that's. Look how many people that offends. Look how many people believe in different denominations that you've got to do something. So if we don't want to offend them, then we can't tell them that. Okay, then where is the, you know, the penalty for believing the truth and standing for the truth? This is why Paul says in the book of Galatians, in chapter 5, then is the offense of the cross ceased? Because the gospel is offensive. It offends people. But just because it does not mean you stop giving it. You still got to tell it because there is no other way of salvation. And so the question is, is, what is sin? What is sin? Well, not long ago, we had a little message on what is sin. And sin is the transgression of the law. When you break a law, then you sin. You overstep the boundary. You transgress. And so we know that. And so we know that uh, the Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith, it is sin. In other words, you and I are supposed to believe that whatever we allow ourselves to do, it's supposed to be right. So you should have a conscience that tells you, this is the truth, this is right, and you give yourself permission to do it because you believe it's right. But if you don't believe that it's the truth and that it is right and that it is wrong, well, then you have condemned yourself. And that's what causes you to be guilty. So the Bible says the whole world is guilty. We have all excused ourselves. We're not that bad. And so we have, I guess you could say, uh, delivered ourselves from the condemnation because in our eyes, I don't think that's that sinful. It's not that bad. And so another one is, The Bible says in the book of James, to know to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is is sin. So you can know to do right, and not to do the right is still sin. So we don't always like to hear that, but we sometimes excuse ourselves. So this is how God knows that we have a conscience. It may not be good. There is a defiled conscience. There is a pure conscience. There's a corrupt conscience. And the conscience cannot be your guide unless your conscience has been guided by the word of God. Then your conscience can be good. But just because it doesn't bother some people's conscience, then they don't see anything wrong with what they do. So there's people who excuse their sin. So when it comes to the homosexuals and so forth, or whatever, then they excuse themselves. It's not, that bad. It's not a sin. So they can justify in their own mind. They don't call it lust, they just call it love. We just, you know, we just love each other. What's wrong with that? Well, the thing is, is, God has not changed his mind on things. And so we know that when you get right down to it, doesn't the Bible say that we are all like sheep, have gone astray? Well, that's uh, one of the errors of our way, is that we go astray because we're like sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord hath laid upon him, Christ, the iniquity of us all. So we have people who have what we call misplaced feelings. Some people don't feel like they are a male, even though they are. So they want to call themselves a female. Well, does that make it right? No, it's not right. You're whatever you were when you were born. And so there's sometimes girls that, well, I, I want to be a boy. Well, just because you feel that way doesn't make you a boy. Just because you feel like, well, I think I'm a a boy today. And the next day, well, I think I'm, no, I think I was wrong. I think I'm a girl. And you go back and forth. In the beginning, God made them male, female. So there's always this issue of people today because nobody knows what truth is. They don't understand anything. We've taken the Bible out of schools, and people don't go to church anymore, they don't study the Bible, so it's just whatever society says, whatever's the, you know, majority will, and if Congress passes laws or the state legislature, then whatever the law is, that's the, that's the law, so we can pass enough laws that can justify, and whatever sin there is, we don't call it sin anymore, so then it's not a crime, see, all sins were crimes, so now it's not a crime anymore, so therefore, you can't punish that. So now they wanna punish the ones who don't believe the way they are. So we do have misplaced feelings. What am I? There is a thing called misplaced love. Now the Bible tells God's children, he said love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Now he's talking about the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. God says there's things not to love. So just because you love something doesn't make it right to love. Because there's things God says to love, and there's things he says not to love. He does say, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. He does say, love thy neighbor as thyself. He does say that. He does say, husbands, love your wives. He does say that. So there's a lot of things we are to love. But he says, a sign of wisdom is to hate sin the book of Proverbs. So we should hate some things and love other things. But you see, they've chosen people who want to go the wrong direction to love the wrong thing. All right, say we love everybody, but it's the, the lust for other things that God says is wrong is not supposed to be, and therefore it is misplaced love, misplaced affections. Now, God still loves everybody we all have a sinful nature and we all sin we all do things wrong and so it doesn't matter what that particular sin may be we've all sinned but there is a society in which god will judge a society and there's going to be some severe consequences he says righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a reproach unto any people god will not bless disobedience god will not bless a wicked way, or a sinful nation. Therefore, we seek by morality, and you'll have some people say, well, you can't legislate morality. Well, what are you going to do, legislate immorality? Don't we call the Ten Commandments the moral law? So you can legislate morality, things that are right, that are in agreement with God. And if we don't, then we have people passing wrong laws. Today, we have people who want to do wrong, and they want legislation to declare it right. And when it is right, then there comes a persecution upon the people who don't agree. And this is where we are today. And you'll see, if there's people who don't like the position of Donald Trump, you see riots. Not just protests, you see riots. People want to do harm. And they've happened at several of these uh, presidential uh, no uh, rallies. But what they're doing is, um, justifying their wickedness and why I can't understand why the police don't take those to jail for damaging a police car by jumping on top of it or if they burn a building or they destroy some people's property and they got cameras and they got videos and they can see anybody that does it and people have been beat up but see the police and so the, po, why don't they stop it they just let it go and they say well at least they don't want it to get out of hand All right. But we've got what the Bible calls in the book of Isaiah, good becomes evil. Evil becomes good. And so we have the changing of the guards here. We have a changing of the gods, where we're changing our God. Where God is not God, man makes his own God, and so he does whatever he wants. And so that's where we're headed. now. When you have, and I want you to look in your Bible to the book of Romans in chapter 13 real quick. Romans chapter 13. Because many said, with all these people that supposedly had died over there and were shot and all, and they wanted to honor, you know, the, the people that suffered. And they said, you know, it's not because of anything, it's because they're Americans. Well, if it's just Americans, just Lord the... United States flag at half mass and honor them because they're Americans. But don't honor them because they were gays. You wouldn't honor them if they were thieves and you wouldn't honor them if they were murderers or stealers or liars. Why honor them? Because they believe in committing a sin against God and against society. So you don't honor that. So he says here in Romans in chapter 13, look in verse Seven, render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So we often say, yes, give honor to whom is due honor. And so if we want to say because we honor, you know, the people and they died in a, a terrible situation like that, well then honor that. But when you take, the flag that represents the gay community, then you're honoring their sin. You can love the person, but not love their sin. No more than we want to take and honor the wrong that some people do, but we can still love the person. And this is what I believe that we ought to do, and this was the point that I was making. And so there was this flag that was put up down at the courthouse. And so when someone dies, do we honor? them because, well, we we'll are honor them because they're black. No, you don't do that. We're going to honor them because they're white. No. We're going to honor them because they're drunk. Young, no. We're going to honor them because they're old. We'll honor them because, you know, they're Christians. If, for example, if this had happened in a church where Fifty people had been killed. I'll bet you all that they're doing for the gays, they would not be doing for the Christian. I'm telling you. I don't believe they would do it for us. But you see, they could have done what they're going to do to anybody. And this is where our leaders need to understand. The religion of Islam doesn't care whether you're gay, or whether you're white, or whether you're black, or anything else is that you're not a Muslim. And sooner or later, there is a price to pay. They're not going to just hit gays. They're going to hit churches. They're going to hit everything. And it'll put fear in people. And they can destroy an awful lot of good. And we are the ones that will be accused of being fear-mongering. What they're doing is what's causing us to fear. Every time something wicked happens like this, the first thing the Democrats want to do is talk about getting your guns. The reason we have our guns is because we fear government. It's not so I can go hunting and shoot a rabbit. And I've shot rabbits and squirrels and deer and one elk. But I've gone hunting. But those protections are in there to protect us when our government seeks to take our way, our freedoms. And therefore, we have a means of protecting ourselves. So we want our government to fear us, not us fear government. So we should honor people, yes, because they are Americans. But you do not glorify and show honor to people's sins. And therefore, I believe that what was done with the thing, the flag, and so forth, was wrong. I got a lot of things I want to say, but I'd rather not t- tonight. I want to show you a video. It's only about seven minutes long, but it's by the Sheriff of Brevard County. And what he has to say, I believe, is very, very important, very good. So just kind of watch what else. Now, eventually, eventually this is going to happen somewhere in America. It could be in some school. It's happened in a school. It can happen in a Christian school. It can happen in a public school. It can happen in a church. But sometime along the line, evil is going to strike, and it's going to strike again. And this is just a, a sheriff telling us a few things of what we ought to do. A mass shooting
1: event in the history of our country. It was an act of terror that occurred relatively close to our community and an attack on humanity that none of us can comprehend or explain. While the thoughts and prayers of our entire agency go out to the victims, their families, and the many first responders who have been impacted, This latest attack has caused me and other law enforcement leaders to rethink our approach on how we present awareness to our citizens while providing information that may protect them during an active shooter scenario. I personally believe that the only thing that can make this tragedy even worse is to fail to learn from it and develop new strategies that just might save our citizens' lives in the future. In early December of last year, I released a video titled, Enough is Enough, that asked our citizens to be prepared in the event of a violent attack or active shooter scenario. In light of recent events, the time has now come to take preparedness to the next level. If you recall during that video, I told our citizens that the best law enforcement agencies in the country have response times in minutes, yet violent criminals can take our lives in seconds. As such, our citizens are the true first line of defense for themselves, their family, their friends, and their coworkers in the event of a violent situation. I can tell you that in virtually every attack or active shooter situation, Once the incident starts, the cavalry is coming, but history tells us that when they arrive, they find far too many dead and even more critically injured. That's why it's extremely important to understand that if you find yourself in the middle of an active shooter scenario, your actions and the actions of those around you during the first 30 seconds of the attack may very well determine your chances of survival. Traditionally, law enforcement has instructed our citizens that in the event of an active shooter or violent attack, they should run, hide, Fight. Starting right now, our agency is revising our awareness message for our citizens. Our plan as a community and as a country needs to be if you can't evade or escape the incident, then defend yourself and fight like your life depends on it, because it truly does. Priority number one is your safety, the safety of your family and the safety of your loved ones and friends. If there is no other option for survival, fight to neutralize or eliminate the immediate threat. I can no longer in good conscience coach our citizens to hide. If you can't escape or evade, then you have no other option but to fight. Fight together. Fight to survive. This is America, a country that has stood against and fought some of the worst representations of humanity our world has ever produced. We didn't become the greatest country in the world by encouraging our citizens to hide from evil. When we were forced to fight, we fought together to eliminate the threat and survive. Our nation is based upon defending our freedoms and the protection of our way of life. We are a peaceful nation, but if you attack us, we fight back. Our new message for our citizens is based on the reality of today's threat. It is based on the fact that bad people don't play by the rules. Criminals do not fight fair, and they murder without hesitation. If you cannot escape or evade, then defend yourself by any means possible. If you're in a group, then fight together. Our message is to survive. There is no doubt that an active shooter, regardless of their agenda or motivation, is a terrorist that is committed to creating fear and waging war against our society and our citizens. In many active shooter scenarios, a number of victims were murdered as they attempted to hide, helplessly awaiting the arrival of law enforcement, while unfortunately but realistically waiting for the shooter to find them. From this point forward, if you can't avoid the violence or evade the threat, the next priority should be to defend yourself and fight. The perception has always been that the option to fight is a last resort. However, I'm standing here today to tell you that there is no specific order in the options to save your life. Be prepared to make difficult decisions in seconds while doing everything you can to save yourself and those around you. Accept the scenario and understand that it is the worst scenario imaginable. Your situation will dictate the tactics and direction you will need to take to survive. General George Patton once said, A good plan, violently executed now, is better than a perfect plan next week. I personally believe that in an active shooter scenario, survival may be determined in seconds, and every second counts. Law enforcement is traditionally adapted to new methods and tactics to address threats, so it's only logical that we have to change our way of thinking on how we train our citizens to survive. Essentially, it's time to give our citizens the awareness and tools they need to be sheepdogs and not the sheep. It's also time that we send a clear message to the cowardly wolves who expect to find sheep. This is America, and the game just changed. As we face attack after attack, it's our time to change our way of thinking. There is no doubt that some things are out of our control. Even as good as our law enforcement officers are, they can't stop every evil intention, and without question, we'll never be able to completely and successfully predict a mental health episode before it happens. What we can't control, Is how we prepare our citizens, how we inform our community, and how we work together to protect our nation. I want our citizens to know that we are all in this fight together. We are partners in protecting our community, and while we are trying to get to the scene as quickly as possible to help you and those around you, you are the true first line of defense until we arrive. Moving forward, our team has developed a new concept based upon the four A's of survival. Awareness, avoidance, arm, attack, Always be aware of your surroundings. Be prepared to avoid the threat if possible. Arm yourself with anything that can be used to defend, and ultimately attack if there is no other option for survival. It is important to remember that there is no specific order to the elements of this technique, as each option, either independently or used together, may be your only chance to survive a violent event. Awareness. Do not wait for the emergency to happen to go into action, but instead go into action right now to save your life by being prepared. Know your surroundings and routinely ask yourself, what if? Avoid. If possible, avoid the attacker by running from the threat and escaping potential harm. When possible, encourage others to run with you. If you are unable to completely escape or evade the threat, then look for a place to securely barricade yourself and then prepare to defend yourself if you are found. Arm yourself. I have previously stated and I will state again, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. If you have a concealed carry permit and the venue allows you to carry your gun, then by all means carry your gun and be prepared to defend yourself. Remember, when the prey is armed, the predator thinks twice. If you have chosen a firearm to protect yourself and have not done so already, please sign up to take our self-defense through tactical shooting and decision-making course. You can learn more about this course by visiting our website at brevardsheriff.com. If you're not someone who is comfortable in carrying a gun, or find yourself in a venue that prohibits carrying a concealed firearm, then the next best thing is to arm yourself with anything in sight. Attack. If you find yourself in the middle of a violent situation, quickly assess the threat and realize that your best chance to save your life and those around you may be to defend yourself. Look for opportunities to attack the perpetrator, as they are not expecting you to fight back. Work together as a team. There is strength in numbers, and even the most prepared attacker is unable to overcome an attack that is coming from all angles. In most cases, the shooter is alone and unprepared for resistance. They expect you to run and hide, so resistance may be the one thing that saves your life and everyone with you. In the coming weeks, our team will be providing a new and very realistic training course that will be available for our citizens. On behalf of our entire agency, I want to thank you for taking the time to watch this important message and for sharing it with your family and friends. I ask you to remember that they can only defeat us if we sit idly by and allow them to do so. I truly believe that they will never defeat us if we stand together, shoulder to shoulder, and say we have had enough. In the immortal words of 9-11 hero Todd Beamer, are you ready? Let's roll.
0: Have you ever wondered why if you had 100 people in a room and you're there for three hours, some have already been shot, And you know what's going to happen to you. Why do you wait instead of 10, 15, 20 of them rushing the man with the gun? It takes about five seconds to drop a clip and put another one in. In five seconds, you can cover about 15 feet. It doesn't take that long. And he had to do it four times in the midst of his shooting to kill as many people as he did with how many shells would be in the clip, I mean bullet, and how long it took. So much could have been prevented if people worked together. But I guess you freeze and you're hoping somebody else will do it. Why should I die for the rest of anybody else? And maybe he'll kill me. But if you wait, he's going to try to kill everyone. So it's just a means of, being alert. I don't know what I would do at the moment. We hope we'd be able to think rationally and quickly as possible. We don't have a clue whether or not it could be our church or somebody else's church. The people said that they had another church in mind that they were going to hit and it was a mega church with thousands of people. I don't know if there is a place in America that you can say is really safe, that it can't happen to you. Whether it's on the job or in a school or like I said, or in a church or walking down a street, a sheriff or a deputy's sitting in a car, and they'll walk up right up to the car and just blast them away. So you don't know. That's why the most important thing still is to. Talk to people about where you're going to go when you die. Lead people to Christ.